Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. You're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We like to say here, we do what every good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style just might be a bit different than other churches in the area or what you're used to, but what we want you to know is we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here. We want to guide and encourage you every week you're here. Today we're finishing actually a series called I Have Doubts, and we've been looking at some of the doubts many of us maybe have or our friends tend to have when it comes to God, the Bible, and the church. And today's topic is the church. Have you ever doubted the church before? Like whether its motives are pure or not, whether it actually is something like you feel it's more than something that you feel that you should just do, or if the church can actually make a difference in your life. To take it one level deeper, you don't have to raise your hand or anything to this, but how many of you would say your passion for the church has been better before than it is now? At one point, you can't wait for Sundays, you love the worship more in the past, or the messages just hit harder, you didn't mind serving, but now it's kind of just, meh, this routine, and you have doubts. Is it really worth the time? Is there really anything substantial happening here for you and for others? There are some doubts that we can have about the church, right? Yeah, what if I told you, what if I told you the church is God's vision for his desires today? The church is this primary force of what helps more and more people know and experience God than anything else out there. That your loss and passion for the church can come back. Throughout this whole series, what we've been doing is we've been addressing this quote, and the quote is, the strongest faith isn't a faith that never doubts. The strongest faith is a faith that grows through your doubts. And if you're anything like me today, you have some doubts you have to grow through when it comes to church. As I think about my doubts that I've had in, of the church in the past, to be real with you for a minute here, I doubted that my hour attendance at church really mattered or did anything for my life. I honestly thought that, other than to make my relatives happy or my family members happy. I, I doubted that the church could actually be more than something that you just show up to for one hour. I thought being a pastor must be the best job ever. The dude works one day a week for one hour. Hence, I'm a pastor today. <laughs> this one's a strange one, but I doubted I wasn't weird enough for church. Like, I, I liked listening to the top 40 contemporary music. I liked wearing, like, stereotypical clothes. And I liked having fun doing my, like, with my friends doing non-church things. But in the church world, especially as a youth growing up, I'd see people wear, like, free hugs shirts and skinny jeans. I'd see people, like, only listen to Christian music. I, I'd see people carrying their Bibles around everywhere. And, by the way, I just want to let you know these aren't skinny jeans. Skinny jeans do not fit me anymore. I did get into them eventually, but these are, these are slim-cut jeans. But at one point, I doubted I actually fit in and could connect with people in the church. And then to top it all off, I had this tug and this desire for faith, but I doubted pastors or people in the church understood the real struggles or doubts I was going through. Can you relate? Can you relate to any of these? 
If I were to summarize, I think, the doubts that many of us tend to have in the church, I could summarize it in probably three questions. I think the first is, is is showing up to a one-hour service really the church God intended? Do I actually fit in with a church? And is a church really where I can be real with my questions in faith and God? What I want to do today is I want to take us through the Bible to help us grow through some of these things. And to do so, I think we should start just seeing what does the word church even mean? Uh, The word church, it's a translation from the Greek word ecclesia, which is defined as an assembly. It's people being called out, is, is what like a Bible dictionary looks up, people being called out from their homes into some public place, an assembly. Now, what it means is it means the church is meant to be a community of people together. A church is people. In the Bible, it's not a building. It's not a denomination. It's people collectively coming together. I don't know about you, but if you were thinking like church is something that you could just show up to today, this definition is quite a mindset shift, right? Instead of church being this place for a service, your mindset should change to be you showed up to be with people who are like-minded. Well, since you and others and I, I guess, are here, we're the church right now, what should we do? What do we do? We're here. Should we just sit around, drink coffee, and let the hour pass watching some reels or TikTok? Time would fly by, right? You can easily get sucked into those things. Of course not. What a church should do is model clearly in the Bible what they did in the book of Acts, the first church. This book, it happens right after Jesus dies and leaves the earth, and there are these believers, about 120 of them, it says. They were together in one place, and at first glance, I want to think these 120, they're, they're thinking exactly what I just thought. They look around at each other thinking, now what? Jesus is gone, now what? What do we do? Now what? But it's actually not like that. Jesus was direct about what he wanted his followers to do. It says this, And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And just before that, Jesus specifically told his disciples what he wants them to do. It says this, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. I love seeing this verse, especially today, because literally this is what we're going to do later today. We're going to be able to witness people getting baptized at our church picnic and baptism after the second service, and it's all at Taylor Park. But like literally, we're doing what this verse says, and that's just so powerful to me. But in these verses, we see they have their purposes as a church, which is to start witnessing so more and more people can come to know God, and which they do. And it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But then what? Then what? We add people, now what? Well, what happens is what Acts 2.42 says. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. And this is essentially the formula for what a church should do even to this day. To state it in easier terms, it's people applying biblical instruction, connecting with others, and trying to connect with God. 
is that church to you? When you hear those things, is that church to you? If you doubt a church, it couldn't just be a simple one-hour service you show up to or you thought there has to be more than just like this message of encouragement or there has to be more than just listening to some worship music and kind of singing along. If you're doubting those things, you're right. Because the answer to our first question is showing up to a one-hour service the church God intended? No. The answer is no. You might be like, Aaron... Aaron, you're saying this church, the church service like, that you started, or you started this church, and you plan, you're saying it's not good enough? Kind of. Kind of. Because being the church is part of what we do on Sundays, but it's also more than that. I want to play a little game with you for a second. I want you to tell me which picture you think could be a church. And there's Maybe more than one answer, but which picture could be like people doing church? How about this one? Could they be doing church? How about this one? Or this one? Or this one? Or this one? Eh, or this one? Or this one? Or this one? I think we have one more. No, one more. Who's doing church? The answer is they all could be a church community because a church can happen in such various styles and ways. Now, a church isn't just a party or people gathering to chit-chat and drink or, or even routinely just show up to and, and just have it be something they do for an hour. A church is more than that. Sorry, guys, maybe we're like looking at that last picture thinking like, ooh, you saying church could be watching football this fall? I'm going to be doing church every Sunday with my buddies. Sorry, no, not so much. Because a church is a group of people where, again, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. Again, let me simplify this verse even more for you, and I think I can break it down into three parts. It's people who prioritize these three things in their life, who engage with the teachings and rhythms of God, who are in fellowship who share meals. For the first one, who engage with the teachings and rhythms of God. Learning the Bible, worship, prayer, having opportunities to do spiritual practices like communion and tithing and being challenged to make your life more and more like Jesus. Having opportunities to do things that model Jesus' life like serving others, caring for the sick, caring for the needy. That's part of that. This is what kind of our Sunday services kind of revolve around. The second part, who are in fellowship which is basically just a churchy word, like no one uses fellowship other than church people, but it means to connect with others over a common cause. The definition is this, a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interest. I like to think of Lambo. Like you got thousands of people at Lambo, right? Like here's a picture, thousands of people. They're kind of in fellowship together. They have one common interest. And then the last part, who share meals, which to me simply means they develop real relationships, meaningful relationships with others. I don't know about you, but if I share a meal with you, I'm going to try and connect with you personally. It doesn't matter how good the food is, it'll be a miserable hour if we just talk about the weather, right? Meals were what people would connect with over personally, where you had real relationships. A group that does these three things well is replicating the first century church that is biblically prescribed and should be unchanged today. As you hear this, you might be like, 
I don't know if that's what this is right now. I mean, I get the Bible part of what we do here on Sundays. And yeah, I, I guess coffee and donuts after the service could be a meal, maybe. But it seems like back then it was more intimate, more family-like is maybe what you're feeling. Like people had real bonds. They really fit together. You might be feeling you just haven't had that happen for you personally here. To be honest with you, you're not alone if that's you. For my entire adult life, time in ministry, 10 plus years in ministry, I have had that feeling almost everywhere I go. The gym, my neighborhood, the karate school I'm a part of, I, I'm in a cycling club, the nonprofits I volunteer with. I want to be a part of the group. I want to have new close friends that you can just assume you're hanging out with in the future. I want to be on mission with people and rally behind this common goal like I feel they did in Acts. But it just hasn't happened. And to make matters worse, I feel like TV and movies kind of paint this picture that friends are easy. That things just happen kind of like what happens in this scene. Check it out. On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. I'd love to say this happens in the church, but it just doesn't. If you've experienced something like that, please share with me afterwards. I would love that. It's hard to connect. It's hard to be a part of a community. I felt it and still feel it firsthand that it's hard to connect with others. Can you relate? Do you wish you had that community that we see in Acts? What I've learned throughout my time in ministry and in all the groups I'm in or have been in to actually get that, it takes work. It takes work and consistent effort on my part to make that happen. If we go back to the pictures of the groups I showed you earlier, of just some of the TV shows uh, of people or groups of people, something as silly as people in a, a TV show group or whatever, at first glance, these people look so fun together. Like they're, yeah, they look happy, right? Friends. Who's a Friends fan? Anybody Friends fan? Okay. Like, you would never think Ross and Rachel could be friends if you like, had a roster of like, what they were actually into. You'd be like, no way they're actually going to be friends. Or Ross and Joey, no, not a chance. Or how about Seinfeld? Like, you got like, Kramer and Jerry. Could they really be friends? Would you ever guess that they would actually connect in a real way as friends? No. How about Parks and Rec? Like, if you're a Parks and Rec fan, like Leslie and Ron, not a chance would you ever guess they could be friends. Or Office, Michael and anyone? Like, could you actually think they would, he could be friends with anyone? <laughs> now you might be thinking, these are shows, Aaron. But if you just think of any friend groups out there, there's always unique ones in the mix. And the reason is, they all tend to be rallied behind a common mission, value, and belief. If we go back to the church, or the first church, like God intended fellowship for all bonded on common mission, beliefs, and values. That's where it starts. It starts with that teaching. 
A church, it's meant to be this inclusive space. I, I honestly, I've said this before, but I think there's no greater organization on earth that should be intentional and be successful in trying to bring together people who are different in different races or sex or political party or socioeconomic status better than the church. We all fit and we all have a common need that we can rally behind. And it's built on our connection and desires for the ways of God. You might be different than the person next to you here, but if you want biblical teaching, God says that's enough foundation for friendship. You fit here. Romans 12, 4 through 5, it says this, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body or the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. That difference, it could be in gifting, it could be in a personality, it could be in hobbies, it could be in uniqueness, it could be in ideas, but you can all be in fellowship with each other. I was just thinking about the people who come here at this church and the uniqueness of y'all. Like, I was just spending a little time just thinking of, like, some of the different people that are part of this church. I mean, there's probably, like, 400 or so people who, like, call this their church home, Um, but of that, we have people who collect cards, People who collect rocks, Pokemon, dogs, cats. People who are in the fishing, football, hunting, golf, sailing. We have people here who play guitar, like painting, pottery, car restoration, chess, horseshoes, ping pong, crafters, sewers, Netflixers. There's people who love selling beauty products. There's people who love buying beauty products. There's people who love breeding cats, fixing houses, making wine, making kombucha. People who do Airbnb estate salesmen, rappers, skaters. I could go on and on, right? There's just a lot of unique people here in this church. Your uniqueness can fit when you have a common value behind what this church is all about. To answer our second question, do I actually fit with this church or with a church? And it's an absolute yes. If you can get behind the mission and biblical beliefs of a Christian church. You can fellowship with anyone here. You might be the first one and that's unique in a particular area, but you can absolutely fit. You should be able to bond with anyone here. There's a quote that I'm going to butcher, but it says, you should have more in common with a Christian brother or sister in another country than you would your non-Christian neighbor. You should have more in common with them because your core values are the same. You're on mission here, and you should be able to connect in fellowship. It sometimes just needs to be fed and helped. As a church on Sunday, we're intentional to help you with fellowship and to get you to the point where you maybe would then share meals with another individual. I want to let you in on a few examples of these, uh, and they're maybe like secret church formulas, but I want you to be in the know. Donuts. We got donuts here every Sunday. Anybody love donuts? Whose kids love donuts? Those tasty goodies that we have every Sunday aren't meant to be a meal for you. They're meant to slow you down so that you like, I smell donuts. And instead of leaving right away, you stick around and you have a donut and you connect with someone else. Kids ministry. We have kids ministry. We allow people that have kids to check their kids in 15 minutes before the service starts. Uh, We hope that gives you social time, parents, or nap time if that's really what you need. Serving. Uh, We have all kinds of different ways that you can serve. And although it's needed for you to serve to make this church happen, 
We also want you to get on a serving team where you are now getting to know some other people who are like-minded and maybe that passion or that type of serving role. People who like holding babies or people who like doing techie things or greeting or people who are willing to sacrifice for a church and just volunteer in some capacity. And then any other fun thing we offer as a church, it's meant for you to connect with others. Bounce houses after the service. We hope you bump against other parents. Ice cream after service. You stick around and have some ice cream. Brats, ping pong. These are all things we've done this summer. It's all meant to help you have fellowship with others. If you're doubting you fit in here, I would first ask, have you tried some of the basic fellowship attempts or connecting with others? If not, I hate to say this, but I'm nervous you're honestly going to be stuck in a lifetime of searching until you finally take the courage to take that next step to eat a stinking donut next to someone and introduce yourself, to volunteer on a serving team with someone you don't know, to stay after for five minutes and eat some ice cream and say to someone, hey, I don't know if I've ever met you before. I'm so-and-so. And if it flops, be open to try it again. You heard how unique our church is. You might have sat next to the horseshoer and you're the sower. And I don't know if those naturally have conversation flow out of them. Who knows? But the point being, try again and again and again because God wants you in fellowship with others. But to go one step further than that of what the first church did, prioritize, God wants you not just in fellowship with others but sharing meals with others. Or in other words, I think another way to kind of describe sharing meals of what the intention behind it was is getting to know someone for real. I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. Uh, I'm going to give you a little tip. Here's four questions you can ask anyone today, out in the church, anytime, that will allow you to be in fellowship with anyone. Here they are. How was your weekend? You could be in fellowship with someone through that. Did you do anything fun? Is there anything new in your life? What did you think of the blank? And then fill it in with the weather, game, show, current event. You can literally talk to anyone. You can be in fellowship with anyone. Some of y'all might be like, I think Aaron's asked me that before. You should be happy. I want to be in fellowship with you. I want to get to know you. I want to, and we got to start somewhere. But to really get to know someone, to really be real with someone, where you, you would maybe ask one of these four questions. How are things going in your marriage or as a single person? What are you doing to grow in your faith? I had blank happen to me. Do you have any ideas to help me get through it? Have you struggled to believe in God in this particular area? How did you get through it? That's deep. That's hard to say, right? Have you gotten to that point with someone before? Is there someone here or someone that you know that you've said those things to besides your spouse? Why not? If it's being too hard is your response, that's not good enough, as it's what God wants from you as the church. If we look to our last question, is a church really where I can be real with my questions and faith in God? Yes, absolutely. You just need to find your group. you got to find your group. you got to find your people within that church that really know you. You need to move from fellowship to sharing meals with a few people from this church or getting to know a few people well from this church.
Again, the verse says in Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the sharing meals and to prayer. As a church, our way of helping you do that and making that happen is life groups. I'm sorry, but you're going to hear me talk about life groups a few times over these next couple of weeks um, because it's not just a component of Centerpoint Church. It's part of being the church. We see it's stated in the first church, God wanted people to be real, connected, to get close, to move past the superficial, to get with people you would share a meal with, in a sense. And I think that's because he knew the support it would bring in your life. He knew the accountability it would bring, the realness it would bring. If you haven't heard me talk about life groups or don't really know what they are, is what they are, they're groups of 8 to 12 people, normal, everyday people, learning from the Bible, whether they are open to it for the first time or of just opening the book for the first time or a thousandth time. But what you're doing is you're trying to grow from each other by asking real practical questions and just create friendships. And as everything is done here at Centerpoint, they're positive, as in fun, uplifting, they're relevant, and they're real but they are meant to help you find your people, help you process your questions, to help you grow in your faith. To be a part of a, of a church that God wants you to be, if, you, if you're really like trying to get into a church, you've got to try a life group out. As I was studying for this message this week, one of the most revealing truths to me was throughout Scripture, a majority of the miracles done by Jesus, or the wow moments, or the excitement, or the big decisions people make, they all happened either in community or with community present. There weren't a lot of private ones. I don't know why that's the case, other than my gut feeling to the fact that God wants to do big things. When he does them, he wants them to be shared, and he wants them to be witnessed as a community. If you're doubting the church, as in thinking you can't fit here or connect with people, I challenge you to give life groups a try. It might take a group or two to find your people or to, to find one that you really connect with, but when you do, you're going to see why it's not just an area of the church, but it is the church. You'll hear me talk more about life groups over these next few weeks, but you can already sign up at our website. It's at centerpointfdl.com. They'll start in October, but they're, gonna be, uh, they're just going to be awesome. We have about, like I think, 12 different groups that you can sign up for. Check one out all different times, days, nights of the week. Um, and all the leaders, I've uh, vetted them. They're all great. Honestly, you'll want to get plugged in with them. They're, they're really good. So uh, check out our website and get signed up for one of those, and you'll have more opportunities for that in the future. When we started today... We had three questions. Is showing up to a one-hour service really the church God intended? Do I actually fit in with the church? Is a church really where I can be real with my questions and faith in God? I hope you've been able to answer or have some ideas how to answer and overcome some of these doubts. If we didn't cover some of your doubts of, of the church, as in maybe more organizational level doubts, leadership, elders, finances, how things are decided or things of that sort, Know that I'm an open book. Let's, let's get coffee. Let's talk. I want you to move forward in your doubt to help you find faith in God's church and get plugged in somewhere. As we get close to wrapping up here, I want you to think, what do you need to do to move forward in your doubt of the church? How I want to spend our last five minutes together here. So I want to share actually a faith story. It's, it's video form, and it's from an attender who is a part of this church, and he kind of shares how God was present with him throughout his whole life, but in the last year or so, how he's overcome some doubt of the church and he's embraced his calling as a follower of God. 
It's about five minutes long, and then I'll wrap things up, and Kip will come back up and close us with some music. Hello, everyone. My name is Ken Jacobs. I have been attending Centerpoint Church with my family since really Centerpoint started in Fond du Lac uh, with my wife, Sarah, and my children, Anna and Owen. And my faith journey really begins at a very young age. I was born and raised in the Lutheran Church. I was baptized in the Lutheran Church. Uh, church was and faith was kind of a part of my life um, up until a major event in fourth grade. I transitioned to go to a Lutheran grade school where church became a more significant role in my life and faith became a more significant role. It was scheduled at this point. Every week I had church. I went to church on Sunday. Uh, we went through all of the, the faith journey there. I went all the way through confirmation. And then we got to high school where church was no longer scheduled in my life. And it became a choice versus a schedule. And at that point, we started to go to church less often. Um, we would go and be like, oh, we haven't been to church in a few weeks. Maybe we should go. Or, oh, it's Christmas. Probably go to church on Christmas or it's Easter. So we became as what's commonly called a priester. Uh, and then we moved into a part of my life where I met my wife, and she was a practicing Catholic. So I started to go to the Catholic church with my wife, where we joined the church. And I was looking at the, the similarities between Catholic and Lutheran faith. And, in my upbringing, I was taught if you weren't brought up Lutheran, you probably weren't going to heaven. And it really started to challenge that opinion in my mind, where I was like, well, the services aren't all that different. The basis of the religion isn't all that different. How can all of these people not be going to heaven or be going to hell? And then we started to have kids, and I really started to challenge that. We're like, my wife and kids can't be going to hell. This has got to be, this isn't right. This didn't feel right to me. So I really started to question that, and um, then as, uh, as we were moving through our life journey, uh, my mom passed away. I was 25 years old, my mom was 48, um, my daughter was just two, and it was a, a faith shaker for me. It was a point where I was like, man, this just doesn't feel right. Is God really there? Is God really good? I just really struggled. It really shook my faith. March forward as we went to church in the Catholic Church. We sent our kids to Catholic school. I started to formulate that relationship with God. And to be quite honest, I felt like I needed to believe because I wanted that connection to, hey, if this is real, I want to go to heaven. I want to be with my mom where I think she is. I, don't, I want to at least have that option. And that doesn't feel right to, to say that today, but it was where I was at at that point. Um, so we moved through to where my kids um, graduated from the Catholic school, um, started to go to public school, and then COVID hit. And COVID was a game changer. It was like, oh, now we don't have to go to church. Church isn't even an option right now. So we didn't. And um, probably not the best point in our life. We, we walked away from God for a little bit. But then my wife really brought us back in, and she started to do some searching online and found Centerpoint Church. She did some research, we talked as a family, we weren't getting what we wanted to out of the Catholic Church, so we're like, let's give it a shot, let's go there. So as they started to do their pre-services, even before they had their actual launch, we came to church. And honestly, uh, the first day we walked out and we were like, wow, this is different, and this is the kind of different that we need. And 
it for me became more about a connection with people at first. I was like, wow, these people are really concerned about me. These people really want to know about my faith journey. These people really want to know about me and they care. And then it moved into, okay, now I really want to take that next step in my faith. I want to have that relationship with God and Christ and bring him back into my life and actually make that commitment to be a Christian put both feet in, not just one foot in, where just in case this happens, I want to go to heaven. If not, I'm okay and I'll continue my journey. And then we started to get connected and involved in the church. And my role became from a passive Christian to more now of an active Christian, where you'll see my family at the welcome booth. You'll see us at um, the children's ministry. You'll see us um, kind of all over church in different aspects. And, and we're there because we want to, not because we have to. And, and now we've even, a big life changer for me has been groups, life groups. Um, this gave us an opportunity to meet more people. We've got some really good mentors in the church and outside of the church in our faith. And this just gave us an opportunity to continue to grow and understand the direction of where I need to be. And it's kind of um, a, a neat connection here. Our current series is about doubt. And that's something that, as you hear in my story, I've kind of always had, but was never able to share. And we've made that okay in this in this church, and church should be a place where you can doubt. However, you need to work through that doubt, and I've had the opportunity to do that through church, through life groups, through all of these things, and I'm just super excited to see where this journey takes me and what it has in store for me yet, and I hope this connects with a few of you out there, and thanks for listening. I think it's actually kind of cool. Ken was here for the first service doing the Welcome Center, so to see him actually in action is, is powerful, right? It's cool to see the transformation. Church is so much more than just a one-hour service. If you see the church as, as only a message and music that you show up to for one hour a week or whatever, you're eventually going to doubt it. My messages won't hit every week. The music's going to be off at some point. The excitement to serve is just not going to be there. But if you prioritize what the first church did, mission, fellowship, and deep relationships, you'll still go through moments of droughts, but I think you'll be able to move past your doubts and towards confident faith in the church and the people of God. So what do you need to do to be the church starting today? I'm going to pray that, that God guides me to taking the step he wants me to, that maybe he's tugging me towards to embrace being the church in maybe a better way than I have in the past. If you want some of that too, you can pray with me right now as I close this out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just showing us of what really is a church and that it's okay for us to have questions that you actually want us to have deeper relationships where we can ask questions. God, I just pray that uh, whether it's for us just hearing your word for the first time, that's church enough for us, whether it's, it's starting fellowship of just having kind of casual conversation with people, or God, if it's, it's finally getting into deep relationships with others where we can grow and, and sharpen each other through our process in faith. God, I just pray that whatever that is that you're tugging us to do to be the church, I just pray that you have that happen and you keep tugging on us until we do make that happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.